We're still here. We're still yeah. here, folks. We are live. We are live. All right. Do I just type your name in on Facebook? It should, it should tag you in it. Guys, come on in. Go down here. Come on. There it is. Oh, boom. Boom. Share that. Share Guys, that. come on in. I'll introduce our new guest. Once we're all sit situated, sit down and grab something to drink, man. Happy holidays, everybody. Oh, you got, I mean, it's, it's uh, live. You, okay. you got to have the app. That's why. Yeah, okay. I'll show you right here. Guys, take a seat. Press that share button. We're going to talk about the Jackets and Ohio State football tonight. Yeah, here we go. We got, we got some viewers. Awesome. All right, guys. You ready? Let him get his water. Let him get his water. We're going to do the Trump water. Trump the Trump water. All right, guys. Well, my name is Bobby Levine. This is the Seat of the Table, the J&B Podcast. Alongside me is Ben Jandrin. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely, man. Thank you for Thank coming you. on. I'm stoked. Let me tell you a little bit about Ben before we dive on in here. He is a graduate of the Dayton Uni University of Dayton. Excuse it's me. Right. The Flyers, yeah. baby. Uh, electronic media. Mm -hmm. And you minored in journalism as well. Yes. Double minor. Yeah, yeah. That and, that and uh, economics. So um, I could, well, I had one. One class in economics where I was pretty sure I was going to fail the class. <laughs> and I talked to my professor the day before and I said, I'm either coming back here to probably fail your class or again, again, or you're going to pass me. And I go, and I just left his office. So. And he passed? Yeah. Yeah, I passed. There you go. So, hey, congratulations on that. There you go. Yeah. All right. And you also <laughs> run something a little similar to what we have with the seat of the T. Yeah. Is you have the 6i4.com. Yes. Tell, tell, tell the viewers what that's about. Yeah, so the overall mission is for one day to be able to cover sports, craft beer, and food in a way that's never been done before. But right now, the main thing that we're doing is covering Ohio State football and the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then uh, when we get towards the summer, we'll also do some things on the Columbus Clippers. So some good stuff. Keeping it all, so 6i4 is in like the 614. Yes. Very cool. So, so you want insightful, you go to the 6i4. So are you going to cover any soccer next year for the last year? Oh, man. Um, Tough subjects? I, I am not a soccer expert. I don't have anybody with us at the moment, but save the crew. Save I the crew. Save the crew. Yes. <laughs> All right, so you do talk about the Jackets, mm -hmm. and you do talk about Ohio State football. We're going to dive into the Jackets right now. They always say sports year is a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. You go up and down, peaks and valleys. You want to have more peaks than valleys, of course. Yes. Last year, the Jackets got screwed. Mm -hmm. For all the viewers out there, the Jackets finished third overall in the NHL. Yeah. But third in the Metro. And how the new NHL rules are set up now is they had to play the second best team in the Metro, mm -hmm. which ended up being the best team last year. Yes. Which was the Pittsburgh Penguins. They were defending cup. Champions, yep, yep. Who ended up beating the Jackets in four games, swept us, or no, five, oh, five games, sorry, games, five games. Five the Jackets games. did win game four, and yes. then they lost game five. And it Pittsburgh. just felt like a sweep. It did deep down, way deep down. Yes. And then the Pittsburgh Penguins end up winning the cup once again. Mm -hmm. That team identity was incredible. This that that year last year was a lot of fun to watch Columbus Blue Jackets hockey. Yeah. Well, you say the identity, and I'll just touch on one thing. Uh, Aaron Portsline talked about in his uh, mailbag of questions. Yes. Last year, uh, they did have a lot of lines that stuck together throughout the season. Yes. And Portsline talked about how that is extremely rare for the Jackets to kind of have what they had going last year with everything being so even keel. 
clearly we'll get into it. It's it's not the same like any other regular season. Okay. In, like in the NHL. Last year was just a fantastic season. It was season. special. It Yeah. So yeah. to recap last year, the Jackets ended up not losing a single game in the month of December. Correct. They won sixteen games in a row where one game one game shy of Tying the NHL record for wins in a row, which was 17 set by the Penguins back in the early 90s. I believe it was 94. Yep. It was, it was 92 or 94? 92. It was 92. 92. Okay. Before I was born. Okay. This year, the Jackets are in a little bit of a valley. We've lost two in a row, have gone out of the first place in the Metro, now down to, I believe it's the fourth or fifth position. We'd still be in the playoffs yes. as a wild card. Yes. Last year, our power play was unstoppable. Pretty much hitting on 30%, if not plus, of yes. the power plays this year. It is barely over 10%. Mm-hmm. Talk about and the teams identity. Unstoppable this at this point in the season last yes, year. Yes, exa- this part of the season. Yep. Talk about what is going on with the team. What what, are, what do we look forward to in this team? What What's going on? Yeah, so with what's happening with the identity of the Blue Jackets is coming into this season, John Tortorella realized, okay, at goalie I have Sergei Bobrovsky. Yes. All right. Uh, one of the best, if not the best, in the NHL. Um, that's hands down true. And then I have the best, let's just say the best, duo of defensemen on the offensive side of the puck in Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski, that pairing. And he was kind of inspired through that to decide, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to put Bob a little bit on an island a little more often and have our defense kind of scoot up and be able to do that uh, to create more chances on offense, to get the offense going. Um, obviously, when that's, when that's working and the aggression is working, like uh, Torts always says, safe is death, um, it, it kind of turned against them yes. in the last few games here. Okay, let's talk about the last yeah. few games, though. We've gone... Without losing big in the last, like before this past month, mm-hmm. it was close games all the way through. Two of our last couple losses have been 7 2 blowouts. Yeah. I mean, these aren't close games. We're getting our butts smacked, mm-hmm. put it politely. Torello, yeah. the first time we lost 7 2, had 11 second interview. Uh huh. What's going on with this? What, what, why, why are we faulting so hard? Yeah, I, I think what happens is um, with the Blue Jackets, they were winning games despite having. In offense that their top line of Anderson, Dubois, and Panarin yes. has been playing great. But dis- besides them, like the second, third, and fourth line were like contributing barely anything. Okay. Okay. And then they had easily the worst power play in the NHL. Yeah. So you're basically playing with one line that you're relying on heavily for offense, plus Jones and Morensky. Yes. And just an awful power play and it was like how can you be winning all these games where you're relying on like just such a small sample yeah a small sample size you know like one of your three defensive pairings one of your four lines you're relying so much on that and you have a power play that is just garbage okay the way it it's been performing it's just been awful so how can you have this good of a record be first in the division and you're struggling so much on the second, third, fourth line to get this offense and your power plays bad. Like it was, it was like, how is this happening? And it was literally like all those questions. You're wondering like, when is it going to bite them in the butt? Like, finally happened. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, yeah. They, they were talking. I mean, Torrell was saying in one of his press conferences after the, after 
a win a couple weeks ago saying we're treading water at this point. We were winning, we were winning games. It was before the 7-2 blowouts. Mm-hmm. And it finally caught up to us, like you just said. Yes. Strelling mightily on the, on the back lines. Mm-hmm. Now, you just talked about Seth Jones a little bit. Yeah. What's going on with him? You, you're a big fan of Seth Jones. Yeah, so Seth Jones, I want to say, I, I got, yeah. So I have a little bit of an anecdote before he got traded. About a half year before he got traded, uh, the Nashville Predators were playing the Chicago Blackhawks in the uh, playoffs. Yes. And I was talking with uh, Rusty Miller, a guy who works in the AP, and we were having a conversation over the summer, and and I kind of just went on a tangent talking about, I was like, hey, man, I was watching the Predators last night. They, They got this, like, defenseman, this just huge dude Seth Jones and I was just telling him all these things he could do and I was like I love this dude I'm like I love watching hockey and I'm like I'm literally cheering for the Predators just because of the Seth Jones dude so long story short about a half year later give or take uh maybe a little more than that the Blue Jackets trade away Ryan Johansson they get Seth Jones obviously love Johansson to death yes love Seth Jones to death so like I, I'm a guy that will listen to both sides and, hey, we need a center. If we had Johansson, we wouldn't have that problem. Or, obviously, we have Seth Jones. That's a good trade. Like, I'm not going to be mad at people for thinking one way or another, but I'll say this. There is no defender in the NHL like Seth Jones. Yeah. There are things he can do that he does better than any other defender in the NHL. So, uh, okay. Well, what is it that he can do better than everyone else? All right, one thing, and we just saw it on the power play goal yes. from not that long. Jackets long are winning three-one yeah. going in the third period, by the way. Yes, they. Uh, Seth Jones can keep the puck in, like you're trying to keep it within the blue line on the power play, or you know when you're on when you're uh, on your forecheck, right? So he uses his reach really well to keep the puck in and continue offensive possessions. That's one thing, and then he can also do that. And, and, like, he, he gets the puck, all right? I have seen, like, four or five times where the whole team will do a line change yes. and gets back into the offensive zone while he's holding on to the puck. Because he, okay, so, like, he, he's got this, he's just a giant, and he can literally use the reach, and he kind of does the thing where he's, like, boxing out the guys. Yes. And he holds on to the puck and does this thing. And it's like, how can't they get to the puck? But he literally will just do this and that, and the guy's trying to get around him, and they can't. And so he can do that for, like, line changes, keep it in the zone. Those are two things that you can go to Hockey Reference. Is, uh, Hockey Reference, by the way, a great site. I, I love using that for my articles, like, very good statistics if you're looking for somewhere to go. But, um, yeah, that's a little bit of a plug. But um, that's something you don't see on the stat sheet. Fair enough. And I think – and then, of course, he's got a shot that – he just rips it and scored uh, score tonight. Yeah, scored tonight. Score tonight. And um, yeah, once he gets that going, I mean, he's a two-way player. Yeah. Everything you want, and 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 just the size that he has, yeah. and whenever whenever guys uh, give him a little bit of a hit, um, I forget what the player's name was in Washington. I think it was Tom something. But he, he kind of gave him a little check, and like 15 seconds later, he just crushed him. Like, and the dude was on the ice, and he just kind of skated away like nothing happened. He's a he's, big, he's a big two play, two way player. Helping yeah. the Jackets tonight. He yeah. scored a goal. Let's go to another trade though. Mm-hmm. Let's go to what they call the bread man. Mm-hmm. Panarin with the Saad. Saad was from Chicago. Was traded yeah. to the Jackets, and then he got traded back for Panarin. Yeah. 
How is this trade looking so far? Is it a plus, minus? What's going on? Yeah, so overall, it's a plus. And, well, right now, Panarin is starting to do some really good things on the ice. We'll get into that in a second. But regardless, and I don't, I don't want to underestimate what Panarin's doing in the regular season because it's huge. Yes. Arguably the best offensive player on the team. Um, arguably. So they... The Blue Jackets said this. At the end of the season, they looked at what they did, and they're like, all right, this is special. This is great. We can play really well in the regular season, get things going. But what do we have to do to – essentially, if they move on to the second round of the playoffs yeah. with their situation, maybe they're like a Stanley Cup, a team to win the Cup. Because, like, they might have to beat a, a Pittsburgh or a Washington. Mm -hmm. Or if they got in as a wild card this year, like, a, a, you know, Portsland brought up, which – I should have thought of like they maybe they'd have to beat Tampa Bay in the first round. Yeah. Who they beat in the first round of the playoffs could be the toughest team they faced. Absolutely. Like in in the playoffs. So for them to get to the next round slash win the cup, which can be an all encompassing comment. Yes. Um, they need to get somebody who can create offense on his own. Like when when all is lost on offense, who's somebody that Maybe everyone's playing bad, but this guy on his own can do something special. Yes. Who who's a goal scorer, a pure goal scorer? Artemi Panarin can do. He can be that guy. Um, Panarin and, makes things yeah. happen, though. It, it, yep. you, if you watch the games like tonight or any other night, he gets the puck and open ice. It's it's dangerous. You see mm -hmm. the you see the defenders, not just one or two, three guys come over to him because they're scared what can happen. Yeah, and he's that kind of guy that can help the Jackets finally get past that first round mm -hmm. and that's what I think the Jackets saw in him made the trade because I don't think Saad was that player or he didn't have the potential and he wasn't playing up to his potential in my opinion. right well it's funny because you think of Panarin as the goal scorer in his first game with the Jackets this year he had I believe it was the three assists yes. on opening night he had so many he had so many assists and then the he the he had Four primary assists. He had the primary assist on all four goals in the win for the... Or no, it was on all five goals for the Blue Jackets yeah. in their win in New Jersey against the Devils yes. a few weeks ago. Um, but the reason he isn't as much of a goal scorer right now, I think, is the, the, you know, the, you know, the chemistry of a team. I think it's all starting to come together. So let's talk about that then. Yeah. The team chemistry. Mm -hmm. Huge thing. Obviously, folks, you can have the greatest players in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can see that. You see that in football. In my opinion, the Bengals have great offensive players. Do not have mm -hmm. the team chemistry. Yeah, they might not have an offensive line. Flip it to hockey. Oh, well, Blackhawks when they got swept exactly. in the first round last year. At 100% right there. Yeah. I mean, even the Jackets last year. At the end of the year, I think yeah. the team chemistry was off. Is the team chemistry there this year to push them forward? Uh, Not yet. Not yet. I mean, that's good, though, that and, they're not there yet. And that's it's phenomenal that they are... I think it's 2013 and one right now, and just like a few points out of first place in that yes, division. The whole division stacked. And I don't want to say the chemistry isn't anywhere at all. Like finding that top line that they can work with of Anderson, Dubois, and Panarin was huge. Yes. Um, but just overall, the team, the chemistry, like what they should do, I, it's just not there. Um, Tortorella talked about. Okay, so the Blue Jackets, so they, they had like they lost seven two a few times. Last week when they lost seven to two against Edmonton, again he didn't talk in that presser, but then he was on the fan the next day, 
and he talked about how the hockey team needs to just how the guys need to just play hockey and use their instincts and I think a lot of that is chemistry um, a lot of times the guys are kind of looking for what's happening around them yeah. instead of just kind of having that light go off in their head like they're gonna they're gonna make the pass they're gonna keep going they know where the guy's gonna be without looking which Panarin had the no look pass I remember he he had a really nice no look pass on the power play goal yeah. against New Jersey which that's good to see things like that happen but right now they're they're trying to I was talking last year. It's a lot of things that happened last year yeah. before when they went into the playoffs and things weren't happening. Hockey is a game where you have like a tenth of a second where you have to make a decision. And if you're a tenth of a second late, it can be the difference between winning like four to one and losing seven to two. And right now the Blue Jackets are kind of in a funk. And it's not just on the offensive side. It's also on the defensive side. And they're just sometimes you overthink things and you just stop and you're like, what do I do? They're kind of doing that. Well, the thing is with the season, it's, it's a little different. Obviously, this upcoming week, but anyone out there that's Jewish, hope your Hanukkah was all right. And next week, happy holidays. Happy, Merry Christmas. Happy yes. New Year's. Um, Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa as well, yes. yes. But Christmas is next Monday. They have a break for that during the NHL season. Mm-hmm. And then we also have the Winter Olympics this year. Yeah. So there is another break in between now then and then we also have the all-star break mm-hmm. so there's a couple extra breaks this year that you actually got to stack the games in which mm-hmm. could give them another advantage to get the team chemistry going you get you say you yes. get three games in four days uh-huh. you're gonna be gelling hopefully if you start mm-hmm. winning some winning some hockey games this week we had a game on monday we have a game tonight and we have a game tomorrow night against the uh pittsburgh penguins two huge games like tonight and tomorrow night. so you win tonight with your backup goal you get bob back tomorrow mm-hmm. you win that game you're back on a roll you forget about the 7-2 loss here's a so. great metaphor that goes along with the season right um and it's a slippery slope metaphor okay so th- there's a mountain here's the top of the mountain the peak and and that's first place in the division and here's the bottom. The Blue Jackets are like right here, like right near the top, right? Yeah. But you're going skiing and you're in the high altitude part when you're going downhill and it's really icy. So it's like they, all the, if they can just like, no matter how they do it, just like win a couple games without falling, like they're fine. They can get to the top of the mountain. Yeah. But it's really slick. And if they mess up and like lose a couple games, they can, they can do this. Absolutely. They can take. So that's my, that's my metaphor. All right. So looking at the whole season... Obviously, we're still in December of 2017. Yes. We still have the whole what rest of the winter. Winter's a long, winter's a long season. I thought it was 2016 half the year, I swear to God, but it's 2017. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. <laughs> ben wakes up, did not know yeah. when we met last week. I was filling out tax stuff, and I'm like, it's oh, 2017. A whole year of expenses that I completely forgot about. Let's talk about can this team get over their hump? Can they finally get. I feel we could talk about this for like. Every Ohio, it's, every Ohio professional, every Cincinnati professional. With sport. the Blue Jackets, it's so good right now, though, because the Blue Jackets, like, let's not forget, they went from seventy-eight points to hundred eight points, and it happened so fast. I mean, it was one of the best turnarounds in professional sports in the last ten years. When you consider Columbus and what they were as a hockey, like, the Blue Jackets. I wrote an article about this last year. They were getting zero respect from the rest of the league. No, of last not. year, what last year was about, it wasn't about going to the Stanley Cup. I mean, it was. It was at that point. It was. I, but I mean this in a big picture. Yeah. Last year was about, can we gain respect in the league? And they accomplished that. They did. 
And of course they're going to try to make the next step, go to the cup. But really what they, realistic expectations, again, they went in with 78 points. Are they thinking the next year, like, really, like, oh, yeah, we're going to win the cup. Like, oh, yeah, let's win the cup. Like, of course you're going to try to do that. But there's no way, like, before the season to the end, they gain respect from the league. This year, before the season to the end, it's like, well, how do we take the next step? That is literally the motive. You have to look at it, though, with the players that we have this year, mm-hmm. the players we filled in our holes with, Yes. with Panarin, mm-hmm. it's cup or bust. Because you can't have this mindset well, as everyone else. Yes. I, you can't have yes. the mindset as get in the playoffs. Oh, and leave, I though. agree. I agree. Like they have to advance. They and, have to. And that's what. But that it's so crazy how that first round matchup can be the difference if they win in the first round. Like that I can, literally think the if they win in the first round, it could be like this team could win the cup. With, yes. And I say that because odds are are in their favor. Like, well, no, odds are is like they're going to play a really damn good team, team in the first round. The, the, way, the way the NHL the playoffs way are set up, set. exactly, you're not wrong. Yeah. It's either get the one seed and have a very, I guess you could say, weaker yes. wild card team or be the wild card team and be paired up with a monster. Yeah. It could be a three-headed monster in Tampa Bay mm-hmm. or the win, division winner of the Metro, mm-hmm. which could be Washington right now. Yeah. So it's, if you get past them, then you're skating high because, you know what, we took down that guy, we could beat anybody. And I, I'll say this about Columbus. Um, so you went to Game Four. Yes, last I year went to Game Four last year. Yes, I was at Game Three and, th- and Four last year. Um, it's obviously excited. It, I mean, it's obviously really excited. easy to get excited. Yes, when you're playing the defending Stanley Cup champs. Yes, and it's Pittsburgh and all the things that go within that. But playing in Columbus in the playoffs, regardless, I believe, even though it's just been like freaking Pittsburgh every time. I feel like regardless of who they are playing in the postseason, it's reason like uh, to just like get excited. The home ice advantage for Columbus in the playoffs is real. Is, is what real. I'm trying to say. The 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 city gets around it though. Mm-hmm. It, it buy, they buy into winning teams here in Columbus. You have Ohio right. State football and everything yeah. else that comes along with winning. But it's so much, and I do not mean this in a disrespectful way. It is the most lit bandwagon. I've ever seen when the playoffs come around because there are so I mean, there are a lot of really great diehard Blue Jackets fans out there. Yes, you have the CBJ artillery, mm-hmm. you have Union Blue Soldiers, yep. and you have no like you really have like Blue Jackets fans that are like, you know, just all in yes. with the team and very into it. But there are, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way. There are a lot of people that don't like know anything about hockey that don't know anything that's going on, that go to those games, yep. and they're all in. And and I'm okay with that. Yes. Like, the atmosphere in that building. Okay, you, uh, my brother lives right outside of D.C., so he goes to, like, Washington Capitals playoff yep. games and stuff. And we t- I talked to him about, hey, man, you know, we were talking about the atmosphere of a playoff game when you're playing the Caps. Obviously, when they get on the board first and everything, it's tough. But when they're playing bad, that arena... It's like, to them, obviously everyone, it's like cup or bust, like is the mentality. But like that arena, you can feel it with all the times they're supposed to win and they lose. Yeah. And that's kind of like a nervous, excited, like crowd. Yep. Although the Blue Jackets have the expectations of, hey, we can win and everything. We're we're still going to go in there. You know, the, the Blue Jackets fans are going to go in there and just be like, 
Like, let's go. Let's do it. They're not thinking like, ooh, what if this happens? What if that? They're just like, let's go. If you are a, a, a fan of like the Capitals or the Penguins, yeah. you're like, oh, okay, let's not lose tonight. Let's like it's it's it it's ma- different. It doesn't matter it's different. to be Jack's fan. It's the first right. time I've been in Columbus since 2011, 2012. Because I've been mm-hmm. at OU for the last five years. And with pe- playoffs on the mind of everybody, I'm oh, so yeah. excited for the end of February, March, yeah. and April to see how this city explodes with this team. Mm-hmm. As long as we keep playing where we are, the sky's the limit. The interesting part, too, you talk about you know the different months. The Blue Jackets started to, you know, they pretty much, after their 16-game win streak they in January, out. they leveled out. Completely. And then in the end, they kind of did this. Yes. Um, It'll be very interesting to see uh, what happens with the record, the trajectory of this team as it goes later in the season. Because obviously they're not going to be as good as they were last year in December. <laughs> yeah, you say that. Yeah, absolutely. We lost game in yeah. December. Long season ahead. It's all about if you can get hot at the right time. Yeah. A lot of people say the Jackets got hot way too early last year, which is fine to me right now because if we can get hot at the right time, say the end of February, March time, watch out. Well, and last year too, they they knew like when they started when they clinched the playoffs, they were like, uh oh, like what do we do now? Like what are we supposed to do? Yep. This year, again, you know they're supposed to go about it. Tortorella always said last year we have a business mentality. I think this team, yeah, they they did have two seven to two losses recently, which is fresh on everyone's mind. But I mean, they got their. They got it handed to them yeah. a few nights ago against Boston. They're wide awake now. Yep. Um, but um, what was it? Jordan Mills from the Artillery. He yeah. tweeted, "Penguins lost seven to one to a team last year. Is the Blue Jackets? Yeah, they were okay. They were fine. So Absolutely. It's interesting with the perspective to look at things now. Columbus, they can get through anything as long as they make it to the playoffs." That's that's when it happens. Like Absolutely. like they could get squeak, squeak into the playoffs and and have and look awful, but if they play well in the playoffs, all is forgiven. It's, season starts it's over at zero and zero. Then right to stay on the playoff track, though, let's end the hockey yeah. talk and go to the college football playoff with Ohio State and how they did not make it. Guys, again, this is Ben Jandrud here joining us at the seat at the T, the JMB podcast. Yes, he writes the six i four dot com. Check that out. He covers jackets all year long, and he does cover high state football. So he's got yeah. one game left. Yes, we have the bowl game December 29th to start out the New Year's six. Yeah, yeah. It's the extended Rose Bowl mm-hmm. against the USC Trojans. Mm-hmm. Bitter rivalry back back in the old days. Yes. Ohio State is coming into this game, ending the season on a huge two victories against Michigan mm-hmm. and against the one of the last undefeated teams. In Wisconsin, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, the last Power Five conference team undefeated wise was Wisconsin because Central Central Correct. Florida Knights are the last overall undefeated team. Ohio State ended up winning the game in in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. but didn't win convincingly enough to put them in the Final Four. Ben, what is your opinion? Did Ohio State deserve to be in the Final Four? You said did not win convincingly. Enough. That was my that was my opinion. That, yeah, well, I'm with you completely. Okay. I didn't even talk to you about this beforehand, which is funny. No, you said not, that. We've not talked about I, this. So Drew Menahan is the other guy that writes with us um, on the 6i4.com. 
And I told him, I said, okay, there's a number for me that if Ohio State wins, beats Wisconsin by this much, they're going to make it. Is it 14? It was 21 for okay. me. Okay. Like, that was my 100% they're in. Okay. Um, my, in this gray area? Right. My gray area was 17 through 20 through 20 was like the gray area and if it was 21 plus they were in okay and when you watch that ohio state wisconsin game yeah obviously they played an entire season before that last game but you know how news is like what what have you done for me lately yep. so yeah um if they should have won that game if they would have taken advantage by 21 Okay, folks, if you're watching this, if you're watching the podcast right, right now on Facebook, on my timeline or Ben's timeline, uh, comment and let us know if you think Ohio State did deserve to go or not. I want to ask yeah. you a question. I, had, yeah. I asked Colin Skinner, who was on the podcast last week. And it's a very fair question. If JT Barrett did not play that game and say Dwayne Haskins was the quarterback, you put yourself in the mindset of 2014 when you had Cardell Jones step up. Mm-hmm. Does that give the committee a, an erase on the 30-plus point loss to Iowa because it's a whole new team? That's a great question. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand exactly what you're because saying. Because I think that's what the committee – I mean, I know Ohio State had one loss in 14, but you had to take the loss out against Virginia Tech because Cardell Jones was not the quarterback Right. when JT lost to Virginia Tech earlier that year. And you take Dwayne Haskins yeah. and you erase the loss to – it was – Iowa in early November. Yeah, right. 31-point loss. Uh, yes. 55-24. Um, <laughs> that, okay, yes. So, I would say this. Um, I can see where you're going there. I still think it's the same thing. Okay. I think the 21-point thing, it's all the same. See, I think if you win by even 10-plus points, in the way that our defense stepped up, it yeah. gives us an advantage because, you know what, Give Urban Meyer a month plus preparation. Yeah, and you yeah. don't know what you can get with this team. You can have well, the same thing. Here, here's how I look at it: the reason Ohio State didn't win by 21 plus was because Ohio State had opportunities and they turned it over or didn't convert when they had opportunities. Mm-hmm. I look at it: if you put Haskins in, it's the same kind of thing. You think so? If if he makes those turnovers. And doesn't convert on those plays, and they win by that same final score. I have the exact same feeling about Ohio State. I I really look at it as a team, like the fifty nine nothing was the score when Cardell Jones yeah. came in, and you knew that team was a top four team. Absolutely. I would say I will say this. Um, that's a very fair question to ask, but I just look at it in in a de facto way of do they look like a top four team in that game okay so you said that and i'll agree with you in 2014 but the final four was so set then you had alabama up there undefeated right yeah no they had one loss they had one loss that year okay yeah and then you had oh yeah they lost the old miss yes florida state was the only undefeated team well they were the defending champs of course they're going to be in and they got smashed smashed by oregon Oregon. so then you had oregon who came Uh in that year and they had Marcus Mariota, the savior of that program, God, and Chip so, Kelly. He was so they cool. were running over everybody. Yeah. So then you had Ohio State, and then the, the Big 12 didn't look good this year because they didn't have a Big 12 championship that year. That hurt. And so that's why Ohio State was the defendant number four. Mm-hmm. So then you look at this year. Yeah. Number one, Clemson. They are in no matter what. Mm-hmm. The winner of the SEC is in no matter what, which yep. was Georgia. So that Correct. knocks out Auburn. Correct. And then you have 
uh, Oklahoma because the Big 12 not only looked good this year, but they had the Big 12 championship. So then the yes. fourth team it came down to was Ohio State and Alabama. And that's where yeah. I have a problem with it is the last time you say, you just said it earlier. Yeah. What did you do last for me? Yeah. Alabama's last yeah. game, they got throttled. Yes, they yes. lost 14 to uh, 26 to Auburn. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But they look so bad. That's and, true. And I understand Ohio State lost by 30 plus points at Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what happened with the week before? Yeah. They had an emotional comeback win against Penn State. And that's where I get the committee yeah. is getting biased on. Yeah. Sure, Alabama's the top dog and has been for the last seven, ten years. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But you cannot have them in there every year just because they're Alabama. They had no non-conference wins against only Florida State. Yeah, and that's Florida my State problem. I went kinda, six and six. Yeah, my see, I, I'm kind of like, I, see, here's my problem. And, like, one, I'm a little more neutral because I covered the Buckeyes and wasn't, like, and I'm not saying this takes anything away from, from like, Ohio State fan, like, but, you know, like, I, I never really cared a whole lot about Ohio State winning and losing. I probably wanted Ohio State to win more than ever yeah. and go to the playoff more than ever yeah. when I started covering them. But I, I'm very traditionalist in some college football things. And, and I understand that Alabama and LSU, it was like there was like that two-loss team or whatever that like got into the championship the one year. Like when no, played, it was in two L- No, No, it was LSU played. Alabama, again, was a rematch. But then LSU was a two-loss national title, national champion one year. I can't remember when it was, but it happened once. Oh seven. It was. When they beat uh, Ohio State. They still. Had yeah. One, they still had one loss though. Was it one? Didn't they just LSU snuck in at the two losses one year? I'll, I promise you, there hasn't been a two-loss national champion ever. Has there not? I don't think Wait, so. Look it up. I'll look it up. But keep yeah, talking. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but I don't think the committee wanted to have even have that question. That's why they didn't yeah. want to have Ohio State go in. Right. Yeah, well, and Which is I was going to say, I was going to say that would be the exception, but if that never even happened, that's just more to it. I I understand the argument with the Oklahoma Mercer. I completely understand that, but I will say this. Um with Ohio State I can't I can't say this without looking like a hypocrite myself. Okay. But I'm a traditionalist of if you lost two football games. They did have two losses. You're right. They lost to Kentucky that year. It was when the year they beat Ohio State. Uh-huh. They lost to Arkansas very, very late in the mm-hmm. year. Uh, the, actually, the last game of the season. Oh, that was when they had the hog formation with Darren yes, McFadden. Yes, yes. And they also and, uh, they, and they had uh, McFadden. Um, oh, those were the good days. They had, oh, yeah. who was the white running back for the Browns they had? Oh my gosh! They had him on the team too. I can't. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name right now. If you're watching this, please message it in. Hester? No, 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 no. no, 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 no I'm no, just no. saying Hester. I'm just saying a white dude's name. Yeah, I'm done. Um, <laughs> okay, the whole thing is, I, I looked at college football, and before that, that LSU national title for like a hundred years, like you didn't have a two-loss team being able to play for a national championship, basically. Yeah. And maybe I'm wrong on like one or two years, but. You have four teams, and I, I just look for the sanctity of college football, okay? Yep. I give credit to Ohio State for scheduling Oklahoma. It, it was Peyton Hillis and... and uh, Peyton Hillis. Yeah, it was Peyton Hillis, and then the other running back... Hester was the fullback or something they had one year. It was Felix Jones, too. They had three, Felix th- Jones! They had three, yes. three NFL running backs there. So Felix Jones and, and McFadden made the hot formation. Yes. That was the yep. best. That was great. Okay. okay. I'm not going to... Get back to that. that was the first. That was the only two lost national champion right there. LSU. Yes, LSU in 07. I'm sorry. Keep For going. the sanctity of college football, 
I completely understand your argument about Alabama playing Mercer. It's BS. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I saw what you said about them only having two true non-conference road games in the last 10 years. And it's sickening. And, and I will not disagree with that. But in the end, there are some things that just aren't fair. Yeah. If you lose twice, you lose twice. So that so that so that's tell, you're right there saying yeah. that is go schedule Mercer, Appalachian State Tech College whatever it is and then whoever yeah. capital this, this this is the caveat so if you have one loss and you're going up against another one loss team to get in then it goes with then it goes to schedule then one hundred percent okay it's just like we're looking at it. it, it but I, this I, is, I get what you're saying. But then, it's, but then I get look, then I get mad because you look at this Wisconsin and then a- Alabama, the same thing. No non-conference wins, mm-hmm. undefeated all the way. LSU or Alabama loses the one game to last game of season to Auburn. Yeah, and Wisconsin loses the last game of season to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Auburn doesn't make it to the Final Four. Neither does Ohio State. So I agree. why does the Wisconsin jump them? It, that's that. It, see, that's the same thing, in my opinion. You because know what I mean? yeah, because then Wisconsin goes into the Alabama thing. They have no impressive victories. Um, the team that Alabama lost to in Auburn. First of all, like one of their running backs, one of their top running backs got hurt got like hurt. for the he, next week. Yeah, he, he did. And you know, if I don't, I don't mean this like in like oh hey like if you, but I just mean a gen as a blanket statement. If you watch college football all year, the toughest it looked like scenario to win was like near the end of the season. Cause Clemson give them credit. They wanted Auburn earlier in the yep. year, but as you got later on in the year, Auburn just, if you were playing at Auburn, it was just like, you had no chance. It was tough. It, like, it's tough to win there regardless. Before Alabama plays this game, I never say like, like I feel really confident Alabama was going to lose. I, I wouldn't put money on it. Yeah. I wasn't that confident. I never would put money on Alabama to lose, but I felt I could go out and say like Alabama's going to lose this weekend. It's I mean Alabama did not look good toward the end of the season. Regardless, they got into Ohio, mm-hmm. Ohio State. Let's talk about the Ohio State bowl game now. Mm-hmm. Big game yeah. against USC. You even went and saw USC play earlier this year. Yeah, I you saw, saw them play against Notre Dame, and that was when USC got spanked. So what can you take from that? Exactly. What would you see from that? So, game? what is USC's kryptonite? I guess is the best way to, to put it. We could talk about that. Yeah. I think Matt Barkley and USC. Well, I've went to two USC Notre Dame games in the last like five years or so. Because, uh, um, and one I was like lower bowl on the fifty yard line when they had Deshaun Kaiser and like Will Fuller yep. um, on Notre Dame, and USC had okay Barkley. Uh, they had Barkley. They had uh, the really good um, like cornerback. Uh, hey, Juju Smith Schuster. And Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah, that's Juju Smith Schuster. Um, when USC comes to like Notre Dame, the cold weather and everything, they they get all hyped up. Yeah. Dude, they they can't do it. They they they're not like they're they they're used to they're used to the beach down there yeah. in South, Southern California. So that kind of gets me into. Like Barkley was missing some throws, but then I'll say this about my my map not not yeah. Wait, we talking about not, wait no not we talking about this year. We're talking about this year. Sam oh, Darnold. Sam Darnold, yes, yeah. But Sam Darnold, he would make some throws that were just like, "What were you doing?" Yeah. But then he had about three or four dimes in that game where I was like, "Okay, like where'd that where'd that come from?" 
That's what he was usually doing like like throughout the games most of the year. Obviously, being a Heisman contender, being one of the quarterbacks that's talked about going top 10 in the draft. Um, Ohio State's defense, the matchup is going to be interesting because if if Sam Dar- Darnold can get in like a flow offensively and they got a good back at Ronald Jones, USC... I'm just let, let's just let's just say it. like what was the over under you said sixty four and a half it's sixty four and a half the spread is Ohio State by minus seven and a half yeah I think it's gonna be over I think Sam I think Sam Darnold's gonna like have a big game um, and I think USC is gonna score points just because of the matchup but it could be like the Michigan State Ohio State game back in twenty fourteen where the final score was like forty nine thirty seven yeah. Ohio State wins. Both high scoring, but they just look dominant. I mean, yes. Ohio State could get yes. up big time, and then Sam Darnold just start picking apart this defense. I I do think that Ohio State, like the big, because this is this is just a really intriguing matchup. Because let's let's think about this too. Ohio State had two losses, wasn't a conference champion. We were a conference champion. Oh yeah, it was a conference champion. Both oh, these yeah. are conference Sorry. champions. I don't know why I just Both said these that. are two I was thinking they weren't because they didn't make the playoff. Yeah. And that's really dumb because they beat Wisconsin. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. 100% a conference champion. Um, I just haven't watched college football in a month. Uh, that's my bad. Uh, that you have two conference champions that were that had two losses. Ohio State, it looked like was maybe gonna get in. USC, it was like, well, they're not gonna get in. And USC's bad loss was by 35 at Notre Dame. Yeah. And Ohio State's bad loss was by 31 at Iowa. Yeah. I just think it's there's a lot of intrigue. A lot there. of parallels in this game. Yes. The thing, though, that I got different with is mm-hmm. if you could pick a quarterback-wise to lead your team, it's going to be Sam Donald. Mm-hmm. Sam Donald this year's stats are 277 for 435. He's got almost 4,000 passing yards. He'll get 4,000 yeah. this game. He'll throw for over 200 in this game easy. Yeah. He is 213 yards away from getting that 4,000 mark. He'll get that against this defense. He's got 26 teach- touchdowns. He has a yeah. lot of interceptions. Him and JT have that in common. I don't think JT can read a defense personally. Mm-hmm. I think he gets picked apart that way when he plays faces a good defense. Like Iowa yeah. ate him alive that day. Um, so that's running back game, yeah. it, running back in college football is you got to get a, who has the better line. Mm-hmm. Now, Ohio State's got a great yeah. offensive line. USC has a great offensive line. Yeah. Both have really good defensive lines, but Ohio State has a fantastic, probably the best Ohio State's ever had. Mm-hmm. Especially the time I've been watching, by far. Every single guy on this on this defensive line is not leaving this year, but they will all be drafted in the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. And they will all, I can't say they'll be as good as Je- Joey or uh, Joey Bosa will be in the right. NFL because he's... Well, that's just unfair. He's he's, just, he's being the best possible right now. Yeah. Nick Bosa will be a monster. Mm-hmm. Sam... Hubbard, who's going to be amazing once he go, goes pro. Yes. On the other side, it's crazy. I mean, you got these guys that eat eat guys alive. Yeah. I mean, these guys are sitting down for dinners and having a turkey by themselves. And they have what Ohio State has, too, is just unbelievable depth. Yes. Now, you talk about that. This is a matchup within the game or whatever you want to call it. USC, it's going to be important for them to get to the line of scrimmage fast because yeah. Ohio State, part of what makes their defensive line so dominant is substituting players in. And you out. saw that against Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. When Wisconsin substitutes and slows the game down by running the ball, we can yeah. substitute the defensive line out, get them the rest. If they went up tempo offense, what they did a little bit, you saw 
okay, Nick Bosa's got his hands on his on his yeah. hips. He's got to yeah. breathe a little bit. You're not wrong about that. And you saw the last year when USC played Penn State in the Rose Bowl. That game was incredible. That was a good Back game. and forth. No yeah. stopping. Defenses were exhausted. They were, mm-hmm. they were depleted. Yep. If Sam Donald can keep the offense on the field and the defense gets off the field on third downs and stops Ohio State, USC wins this game. Right. Right. But I also see Urban with a month of planning. Mm-hmm. He's got to stick to the run game. He cannot abandon it like he did against Iowa. I think yeah. he knows that. You're averaging four or five yards a game. You can't leave that. J.K. Dobbins ran silly against Wisconsin. The combination of J.K. Dobbins and then we've seen Mike Weber start to become the Mike Weber we've hoped for and some like in the last few games of the season. That's Ohio State's offense is, and I don't mean this in a bad way, I can't figure it out and like what they're going to do, what's their identity. There's no identity right and now. And that's, it's the problem is that not that they don't have like talent. It's just they don't have a consistent go-to. And you're saying this right now, and the handcuff right there is JT Barrett. Okay. He can't do as much as past quarterbacks can't could in the past with Ohio I wanna, State. I want to piggyback on that. Okay. Paris Campbell. Yes. I've watched Ohio State football Big for a 21. long time. Big 21. The most underutilized player I've seen in the last 10 years at Ohio State. I mean, he could be like the Curtis Samuel of last year. I mm-hmm. agree with you on that. The problem is, again, JT Barrett. If you watch him, okay, going back to the Penn State game, he went 33 of 39. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable game. 17 of those completions, though, which is more than half of them, right. 50, more than 50% of them, went for a yard or behind the line of scrimmage. It's mm-hmm. yards after catch. These receivers are doing way I more. I said going into the season, I said this offense, and it's, it's funny, actually, the quarterback coach, uh, Ryan Day yep. worked under Chip Kelly, yep. and Chip Kelly was at Oregon. And I said, this offense, they should run it like Oregon. Where, obviously, Mariota could throw it down the field also. Like, Mariota, you don't just get a Marcus yes. Mariota. But just in general, you throw something right at the line of scrimmage and go. And, and Ohio State should have done that, like, ad nauseum. They would have been more successful. I mean, you should see that, though, the Paris Campbell touchdown in the uh, Big Ten mm-hmm. Championship. Against Wisconsin. And that's all they had to do. Came for a screen pass. He busted. He had the speed to to beat them over. You're not wrong. Let's look at this now. Seven and a half point favorites. Sorry, I just, I get so mad. It's frustrating. I get so mad when I think about that play call. You're also not the only one, though. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. Yes, we have have Kevin Wilson as the new office coordinator, but again, a a lot of people don't realize this. Urban's still calling the plays. He's still saying what plays he wants to be called and what plays are not. He likes to run his own way. Next year, we're going to see it open up, though. When you have Haskins. And knock on wood, try to, I just try to Joe Burrow from Athens, Ohio, yeah. staying with us. Okay, you can have these guys throw the ball downfield with confidence. JT had confidence mm-hmm. his freshman year, and you saw that decline when he got hurt. Yeah, you get these guys behind him, and even Tate Martell. Mm-hmm. This guy's the young next Johnny Manziel, mm-hmm. hopefully without the baggage. Well, yeah, his Twitter feed's a little crazy, but I'm not going to get into that. That's fine. But <laughs> these guys have confidence to throw the ball yeah. down the field and see yeah. what can happen. Yes. The spread right now, again, this game is at AT&T Stadium. That is Jerry's World in Arlington, Texas. Mm-hmm. Big Dallas-Fort Worth area. Yes. Who wins this game? End of, this, end of the night on December 29th. Who wins? Okay, so first thing I saw, and I was like, okay, Ohio State's going to be like a touchdown favorite. And they're a touchdown yep. favorite, and for good reason. I have like a sneaking suspicion and like 
that USC is going to win. And yeah. it's 100%, I think, Ohio State's the better team. Yeah. I just, there are two, two reasons. Like, one, the offense at times just makes you scratch your head no matter, like, what's going right for them. Yes. And two, like, Ohio State's secondary and then seeing Sam Darnold on the other side, that makes me just think, We'll see. It's I, I think that Ohio State. I told you hypothetically, if they were playing in the college football playoff, I would pick Ohio State to win by ten. Okay, but I think Ohio State emotionally, and I I don't want to say they don't care about this game, but they're not going to be as hyped. Okay, that's 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 my feeling. Okay, that's so Andrew Axler, hopefully still watching right now. He just said Bucks by seventeen and Dilly Dilly. Hope you guys like the shirt. Sister got that for me. Uh, That's a nice shirt. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. So I'm looking at it this way. You say that Ohio State team, or like that they don't care. I think Urban Meyer is so done with being the little brother to these big teams. And I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I think he comes out. I think we stick to the run game. I think we get very, the same thing. We we get the game open early in the first half in front of 100 plus thousand fans. Mm -hmm. We're used to that with Ohio State. That's very true. Very true. USC, not so much. I mean, they get a good crowd there. But in Texas, I guarantee it's going to be probably 60-40 Ohio State. Yeah, you'll you'll see the USC I, Trojans. I agree with you. I agree with their, you. Their touchdown, well. the I Trojan agree things. Yeah. Yep. But I'm going with it. Exeter, I don't think it's going to be a 17-point victory. But I do believe it would be a probably 14 less. I thought Ohio you were going to say 21. No, 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 no. I mean, you, I would love to see you were going I think we I think we, we <laughs> get up big in the first half. And then Sam Darnold settles down, and it makes it a ball game. But at the end of the night, yeah. I don't think the Pac-12 is used to this kind of run game with this big offensive if line. If Ohio State gets a lead of 10-plus, it's over. they win huge. They could win by 24. I don't know, though. I think we settled down. We don't need to win big as long as we win. I saw USC when they go down by double digits. They're not good. They're not playing the cold, though. Because what, what, but when, when you know that they're going to pass, and Sam Darnold has – it can be good and bad – a habit of extending plays and going outside of the pocket and doing all the crazy stuff. I would not be surprised if in it's okay, you know what? I think Ohio State gets a pick six in this game. Okay. But I'm still picking <laughs> USC to win. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. USC wins, Ohio State gets a pick six. Last thing before we end the podcast. Yeah. Let's talk about Ari Wasserman. Mm-hmm. Twi- verify Twitter account on on, on the tw- on the Twitter. On the yeah, Twitter. On the Twitter. Uh, yeah. You want to explain the story, what's going on right now, with a huge referral? Yeah, so the top O-lineman in the country that went to Clemson, uh, he ended up going to Clemson over Ohio State. Jackson Carmen's his name. Yes. Five-star recruit. So he was saying, when he was talking with Davo Sweeney, Davo Sweeney told him, Jackson Carmen, yes. that Urban Meyer was on was nearing the end or like the the last few years or however you want to put it he's going down the ski slope going down going down the ski slope of his career yes so that didn't necessarily wasn't necessarily something that it was like the end like that's why i'm going to clemson but it didn't hurt the story here is negative recruiting is real like oh absolutely it's not just come to our program but it's why other teams shouldn't. Why should you why go to other teams? Don't go there because of this. But then, oh yeah, come to Clemson. Do you know? Do you know another t- another coach that really hated that? Who? 
the old Wisconsin coach who got just got fired from Arkansas. I don't know why I just forgot his name. But why oh, Paul Chris? B- Brad Bielema? Brad Bielema, thank you. Brad Bielema. Brad, yeah. B- Brad Bielema got tired of Urban Meyer under recruiting or recruiting underneath him and getting players to decommit from Wisconsin to go to Ohio State. Oh, wow. That's why he left. He didn't get fired from Wisconsin. He said, I'm done with recruiting up here. I think it's dirty. Went to the SEC West and was booted in five years. So, I mean, like you said, it's real. It's been going that's, on for years. That's crazy. Yes. That's crazy. Yes. Brett Bielema is looking for a new job where you could have had a job security blanket for years to come to Wisconsin. I, th- I think that's really interesting how, like, when he left to go to Arkansas, well, I'm not going to get He thought that. the SEC was still on the rise when it was, again, going on the down of the ski slope. But, I mean, like, you know, I, I, I know no one wants to hear this right now, but it's like, you have to beat Alabama. Like, yep. you're not just going to go beat Alabama. Yep. Like, yeah, that, that's interesting. So, I mean, I look, I mean, it's unique, it's a unique story. It's, it's folks, we, we, it's not like we have so much to say about that, but it's unique sort of keep an eye on whether it's true or not. Urban never came out and said anything on it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see Urban leaving anytime soon or retiring? I mean, he retired, the, the reason he retired from Florida is I think he got, he got whiff and saw what was coming through the end of the tunnel with the Nick Saban yeah. train in the SEC. Yeah. And like I said, last podcast with Colin Skinner is, what Nick Saban has done in the SEC is like cancer. Right. When you have nine to eleven plus teams in the SEC fire the coach last two years because mm-hmm. they expect them to be SEC champions is, is outrageous. Yeah. You cannot expect to hire a coach in one or two years flip the program like this. Right. To, not, to not that le- to that level. I mean, Alabama in what was supposedly for a while the best conference in America. I'm not saying whether it is or not. I'm yes. just saying that in a whatever you want to call it. It's like the conference is Alabama, and then who's the other team that like kind of gets close to challenging them? Like Auburn? Yeah. I know Auburn had three losses this year, but they beat the number one team twice. Auburn's been looking good. Like they're good every, you know, like other year or yep. so. But, um, it's just weird. Like you're not supposed to dominate that much in college football, especially now with like the millennials and people changing their mind every two seconds. And Nick Saban is still dot. Like I thought that when the college football playoff happened, I thought if there was one team that was going to make it every year, it would be Ohio state, not Alabama. Wrong. It's been Alabama every single. Ohio State's always been the question mark. Can they? They've never been a lock into it. They've always been. I thought Ohio State would just like. I thought I literally thought Ohio State for the next like six seven years would just make it. Like, but the Big Ten has gotten so has gotten better. Yes, it's gotten better. Like, I don't want to say from top to bottom because maybe the bottom like two three teams or so. It's like okay, but like for sure, Michigan State. Um, Penn State, and Penn Wisconsin. State, yeah, Penn State, and Wisconsin have really risen. Michigan obviously hasn't been as good, but they still do have Harbaugh coach, and you you just wonder if they're going to have a year where it happens. You're just exa- you're thinking you're when, waiting. When is it going to finally click, like you just said, and everything align the stars? But again, I don't think he's the right coach for that program. Yeah, and he's been asking. I, I can't I have, argue against that. I have ends with the athletic program at Michigan and he's asking for a lifetime contract that is no joke lifetime contract means he will coach until he is done 
on his terms. Oh, you're going to say till he's dead. Well, I don't, I mean, yeah, pretty much what happens when you, when, when these coaches quit, <laughs> yeah. they die. Yeah. Other than Bobby Bowden, Joe yeah. Paterno dies. Right, right. It just happens. I mean, these yeah. guys get yeah. so, so long in there. The thing is, what I'm saying is, I, and I've heard, I've heard from sources of people that knew people in other programs that talked about things that have happened. I won't talk about, um, cause it was off the record kind of stuff, but, uh, I've heard things and with like what happened with this team when they were doing stuff, but then when he left and and what was happening before he left and how it was going downhill and why, and then you saw it happen in the NFL with yeah. the Niners. He, lo- he loses control of his team. But yes, that, so they're saying if he doesn't win this year coming up, his seat will be on fire. Okay. So yeah. again, the coaching That's carousel fair. in college football in the NFL, in every major sport in America, is always on the. It's it's a juggling. Act. Like Harbaugh, it's so interesting. Just the whole, just everything about Harbaugh. It's it's bigger than Michigan. It's just I just get interested in talking about Harbaugh. But that's yeah, just that's a whole new thing. That's a whole. New I don't thing. think everyone's leaving, folks. It's yeah. just it's a fun thing to talk about because if you're yeah. losing recruits over it, and the guy said it's not a major factor, but it was mm-hmm. one factor. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on that. Ben, negative recruiting is real. Thank you for coming on today. Yeah. yeah, a lot of business in front of us. I, I'm, I, I'd, I'd love to come back later in the year, talk about the jackets yep. again, see what, um, again, with the defenders going to play offense, see if they change the identity of that, and like actually, last year I thought during the winning streak they dominated in the neutral zone. Yeah. And I, you haven't seen that as much lately. I just want to throw that in there, sprinkle What that can in. happen in Columbus with their sports? Yeah. You never know. Guys, again, happy holidays out there. Yeah. Hanukkah ended last night. Yeah. Christmas is right around the corner. New Year's is there. I've done no Christmas shopping. Wow. You got some quick, quick, quick shopping sprees to do. Yeah. Everyone be out, be out there. Be safe. Excuse me. Go Bucks next week as well. The roads get icy. You do not crash your car like I did two weeks ago. But that's a whole other story. Oh, that's another story. That's a whole other story. Yes. Thank you guys for tuning in. Press that share button and come ne- join us next week. Happy holidays. <laughs>